And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Here we go. It is Wednesday, May 4th. One day before Thursday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. I have got my Cinco de Mayo shirt on. Joshua, I see that you have that fantastic-looking shirt on, and it is the last day for anybody out there wanting to partake in this extraordinary shirt. Your last day to get this shirt is today. Get on the phone, order, get on your computer, order. Do all those things that will make you so happy that you can actually have a shirt that Josh and I wear on the Weighing In Podcast. We are ready to talk about some of the upcoming fights. We have got a week of awesome fights coming up. We have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Friday is definitely going to be the best one, but that's okay. We'll talk about that later. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Make sure you guys get that 20% discount with your promo code weighing in at ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code weighing in. Get you another 20% off if you guys do that. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right? You are right, brother. Is the promo code weighing in? No. Promo code is? And still. I just wanted to see if our producer here was paying attention because I said promo code weighing in. He was looking lost again. <laughs> One of the biggest complaints I have with Podcast Dave, sometimes he's in la-la land. I shouldn't have to focus on what you're saying. I'm focused too. Busy. No, oh, dude, hold on. Let's, let's just be honest. You better be fucking focused on every word we're saying. That yeah, is your that's job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You hear? Yeah, you got this. You got it, Dave. I love me some podcast, Dave. He's like the Wilson in Home Improvement, the guy you don't know if you guys get to see. Uh, hold on. I don't know. Wilson was very uh, articulate, educated, very like, you know. So exactly like me? No. Earth, you know, a very you know earth smart guy, you know, just kind of had all the answers to everything with his his little, you know, quips and quotes. That's not podcasting. Podcast Come on. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Wilson's probably a better looking guy also. Oh, <laughs> uh, I won't go there. Won't Dave, go there. though, Dave, let me see that shirt you got. Oh, you got the all blue one. You got the blue corner. Good job. That's the winning corner right there. Blue corner. <laughs> B-side. Uh, Def, definite B-side. Blue, blue corner. <laughs> oh, man. Um, also, you guys, hit that thumbs up. Hit the little bell in the bottom right-hand corner. Let's uh, get ahead and share our videos out there to everyone. We're getting closer and closer to that 100,000 subscribers we want to thank you guys for being loyal followers and listeners and also the biggest thing is is we really are trying to get our audio platforms up so please hit the itunes and subscribe there as well so you guys don't have to we don't recommend you guys drive and watch on youtube so we would like you guys to please go to the itunes spotify stitcher any of those platforms we're available on all of those platforms listening in audio platforms so hit the subscribe button there as well please really would appreciate that and uh you guys are doing a great job. You guys are pumping us and pushing us all over Twitter and all over the social media platforms. So we want to thank you guys for that. And um, John, let's jump into this, man. Like I, let's do it. I, I love when I get to say let's jump into this because everybody that in the comment section is like, I love how they just get right down to it. I love it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get right what down. We're here for. Here we go. Uh, PFL. That is on Thursday night, correct? It is. Yeah, because the week two weeks ago it was on Friday. Am I right? Oh, they did have, I think, one on the Friday, yeah, and then it was Clay Thursday. Clay Collard and yes. was on Friday, and then the last two cards were on uh, yes, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. So this card is well, uh, the next Thursday. card. This is now the third card. Yeah, so this will be on Thursday. 
That is, what's that date? The May 6th. And that'll be on ESPN2. ESPN2. There you go. And I think it's also available on the ESPN Plus app. Is it? I believe so. That's what I saw last time when I, because I was looking to see if it was on ESPN or ESPN2 uh, last when I was in Vegas or when I was getting ready to leave to Vegas or whatever. So, yeah. Um, good yeah. stuff. I mean, so like Fabrizio Verdun making his debut. Yep. And um, what do you think? You know, let's be honest. He's fighting a guy that doesn't even have, you know, the amount of fights that, you know, Fabricio's had even in losses. And I'm not saying that in a bad way about Fabricio. Fabricio has been a great fighter. He's got a ton of wins. Uh, so when you look at the, the matchup, it's not that interesting, honestly. It's not what you'd want for an opponent for your, you know, debuting heavyweight guy that's been a champion in other organizations, all that stuff. This isn't the fight that I think you really want to put together, especially when you take a look at, you know, who he's fighting and where his skill set lies comparatively. He's a knockout guy. He's a puncher. And you know that definitely Fabricio can get hit, no doubt about it. But if it goes to the ground, it is going to be ugly fast. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they did the same thing with Kayla Harrison. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I'm really, I, first off, I want to say Kayla Harrison is a stud. There is no doubt about it, man. You know, just her, you know, Olympic career talks about how special she is as an athlete. I will never say anything bad about her as a fighter. She's fantastic. I love the way she competes. Everything about her. They you look at the opponents and you go, come on, man. You know, I, there comes a point when, when she's young in her career, as far as, you know, the one and oh, the two and oh, the three and oh, I'm okay with you starting to, you know, continue to feed her people that you believe is going to make her progress. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to say that she's one of the best, you know, women fighters out there, you got to start to put her against some real competition. You got to put her against people that you go, this is a person that has the ability to push her, to beat her, to do those things. And right now, they can't do it. They're just not putting anybody. You, you take a look at her career and the, the fighters. Look at the names of the fighters that she's competed against. You won't recognize. I recognize a couple because I refereed everywhere, and there's a couple on there. Josetta Cotton, yes, I refereed her. Now, is she? she's a tough girl, but she's definitely not technical in any aspect as far as you know fighting and stuff, and you just take a look at, there's no one there. Yeah. And it might be that's because it's at 155 yeah. pounds. Yeah. You know, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the fact that she should be fighting at featherweight. There would be more people, more, you know, opponents that you look at that you recognize them from other fights and you recognize what they've done throughout their career. She needs to start having those types of opponents, in my opinion, to really elevate her to where she needs to be. But she just, I don't know if it was her last fight. I think it was her last fight. She fought in Invicta. Can you scroll down to her? Yeah, she did at, at 145. At 145. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, if you can make the weight and there's more opponents for you, look, lay off the cheeseburgers for a couple weeks. <laughs> so we can get you in there at 140. There's just more opponents. Like, nobody wants to make the weight. And I know, like, like I... I've been cutting weights since I was 12 years old. I, I don't. I didn't want to do it. I told myself when I was done wrestling in high school and college, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not making weight anymore. And I jumped into fighting and then started having to make weight. You know, every time I fought, it was ho it's horrible. But yeah. you just you 
you only have a small duration for your time to make money and for your time to fight. And if you, I'm sorry, but if you have a champion that you know, and she just proved it, her last fight, she can make 45. Just, you know, you're going to have more talent. Look, the, the, the vision for, in the, even in the UFC at 145, it's weak. Yeah. At 45. Even with Bellator, it's weak at 45. But the problem is you've got girls like Amanda Nunes and Cyborg that are there. And, oh, yeah. they're, and they're studs. They're, they're absolute animals. And uh, Kayla Harrison is the same, but at 55. There's no talent at 45. What makes you think there's going to be any talent at 55? It just doesn't happen. It's hard. You're going to have maybe a handful. I'd say maybe five to, say, eight girls that will have a little bit of a chance. Well, you're saying there's no talent. There, there is definitely talent. At featherweight, okay. Right. Now it's it's not loaded like you'll see at, you know, flyweight. Flyweight is just loaded for women's fighting. Uh, the bantamweight is loaded for women's fighting. The featherweight doesn't have as many, but there are people out there that are definitely great fighters that could definitely give Kayla a run or push her or push her to that point that just makes her better. That's what I'm looking at right now. She hasn't fought anybody that you could look at and go that's a person that can push her that's a person that's going to make her a better fighter down the road it's just not there yeah i think like if if i was to say and i'm just saying this i'm speaking out loud felicia spencer would be great if she's not be with, a great opponent yeah great great opponent megan anderson me megan anderson okay would be a great opponent as well if she didn't come over to like i don't know what they're doing with that 45 pound division in the ufc but they've got a couple girls locked up that can't make 45 so what are they going to do? What are they going to do with that division? Now, Dana came out and said that he's like, as long as Amanda wants to stay at 45, we'll we'll just keep, you know, trying to find our opponents. The problem is, though, is that, like, you can't ask the girls that are at 35 to keep coming up to fight and get smashed and then go back down to 35, and then they're further out of the equation of getting a title shot at 35. So they're ruining themselves also in both areas, you know, for a title shot at 145, where Amanda's, I think, even more dangerous because she doesn't have to worry about the weight cut. Yeah. You know, and, and she may have condition. She may have conditioning going into the fourth and fifth. You know the 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 kind of the person that I think, I don't know where she's at in her career is uh, Jermaine Durandamy. Like she, I I don't know where she's at in terms of, you know, if she's going to stay in the UFC, if she's going to keep fighting in the UFC, is it you know is she going to be at thirty five or is she going to be at forty five, you know that kind of thing. I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to bring up any speculation. She is getting a little bit older. She's thirty seven. If she was going to try to find an opportunity to bounce out and try and go somewhere and make a lot of money, it would probably be maybe to the PFL or to Bellator, you know, if she was thinking about possibly trying to cut out. You know, it's that kind of that age bracket of like, I know I'm good. I could probably get out now and still make a little bit of money, you know, knowing that there's fights out there for me to have, whether it's with uh, Kayla Harrison or with, whether it's with uh, Cyborg and whoever else is available. I'm just saying the girls got to start. Sorry, the females. They need to start thinking. They need to start thinking. <laughs> A little bit like how the men do. Okay, where can I go? Like Anthony Pettis, where can I go now? Eddie Alvarez, where can I go now to make the most amount of money towards the end of my career? That's I'm just thinking out loud. Just me personally. Yeah, well, the, the one thing about you know GDR, is she's been fighting in bantamweight really. Yeah. She was she was a featherweight and she dropped down into bantamweight. So, I mean, I'm just looking and there there are people out there at 145 that I I could look at and say. All right, that's a person that the PFL can really bring in and put against Kayla. I'm just not seeing the ones, you know, so far that it's my it's my only problem with them fighting her where she's at is it's almost it's there's no there's no doubt about the fight. Let's just look at it that way. Okay? I have no doubt 
Kayla Harrison's going to win the, you know, this fight. So when you have that and it's not because they're so dominant, mm. it's not that, oh, she's in that, well, Ronda Rousey phase at one point or Cyborg phase at one point or Amanda Nunez now where you're having a hard time finding someone for him, you know, or Shevchenko, you're looking and going, it's not because she's so dominant in her ability over the other fighters, you know, in her division. There just aren't those fighters in the division. There's nobody that you can bring that's good into her division right now that you say they can challenge her that, and it's not because she is that one that's just sitting so far up above with all of this, you know, experience and everything. She, she needs more experience. I just don't see it in that weight class. I don't know. Got it. It's a bad complaint, I guess. <clears throat> no, it's not. They're like, there's just not. There's just not enough talent. That's it. There's talented fighters. There's not enough. There's not a big enough talent pool to pull from. Yeah. For, for you know, for her to compete against, and it's it's just because she's at 155. And it's a shame because she's fantastic. I, and like I said, I'm not trying to put anything on her. She is a stud. I'm gonna put and... a little bit on her, John. I'm Go ahead. Put on her. She needs to be at 45. Yeah, I agree with. You. Yeah, that's it. Like, and, and now that we know you can make the weight, do it. Like, that's it. You did it. Yeah, you did it. You proved us. Proved everyone you could do it. And I know you don't probably don't want to do it again. But guess what? Like, if you want, if you, she's probably making pretty good money. You know, if I've I've heard some. Oh, I'm her, sure. I'm heard she's making pretty good money. Yeah. And so, good. if that is the case. Then I think that you know she should try to get at forty five, and then there she'd have more options to fight some of the higher talented. Uh, I don't want to say talented, just there'd be more options to fight. There, there would be more experience as far as the fighters that she could face that could elevate her game. They're going to push her. You need to be pushed. Got it. All right. Well, uh, and then I heard uh, Kamar Usman, his oldest brother, is fighting. Yes, sir, Mohammed. Usman. He's actually good. I've watched him before. Mm-hmm. He's a tough dude. So, um, what is he? Like? A, I've never seen him fight. What is he wrestler also, or not really doesn't fight the same way as, as well. I don't know. Camaro's now turning into a standup. <laughs> so, uh, he's a, he's a bruiser. He's tough. He's, uh, he's super strong. He's uh big and heavy. You know, he's built very similar to Camaro, just bigger. You know, Camaro is put together and, uh, but just size-wise, I'd say he's probably about eh, six one, six two, somewhere in there. But he's just got more meat on him. He's a big, heavy, uh, strong guy. And uh, he's got, I want to say he lost somewhere around his fourth or fifth fight. I can't remember. But he's good, man, and he's tough. And he, he wins by knockout a lot. A lot of them are, he ends up, you know, hitting the guy, knocking him down, getting on top and, and pounding him out. But he's he's a tough dude. You can tell he's some, he's got some power because he's either winning by TKO or KO or Kimura. Yep. Yeah, so Kimura's a Kimura's strong. <laughs> Grabs the arm is like you just tell him to take it home with me. That's good. Yeah, he's it's you know he, obviously there's something in the water in that household. <laughs> they, they, ra- they raise some tough people. Yeah, whatever's working. That's it. Um, what else? Scroll down. So I've always wanted, because this is the girl that was supposed to fight in that tournament. I think she was supposed to be scheduled against Janae Harding. She's from New Zealand. Janae Fabian? Jenna? I think it's Jenna. I think it's how you pronounce it. But she's from from New Zealand. She's got got pretty good kickboxing. She was was out at AKA Thailand for a while, but then she was like, you know, she was at, uh, what's it called? CSA here in, in California as well. 
trading up there with those guys. I think his name's Kirian up there. Kirian, yeah. So she was she was up there for a while for a couple of years. I think she was there for about two three years. She was in the tournament last time before COVID hit. She and then she ended up missing weight and didn't get didn't get to go to the finals. So I think she was supposed to fight Kayla Harrison in the semifinals, and she ended up not making weight. So oh. something happened. She had to go to the hospital or something like that for not making weight. But that's she didn't make one fifty five. No, oh. she's tall. I want to say she's six foot, maybe. Ooh, oh, five eleven. Okay, five eleven. Yeah, she's tall. And then the other, there's this other guy that used to train at AK on. I didn't see him. Uh, Big Titty Willis. He's on there. Justin Willis. Justin Willis. Yeah, he's on there as well. I haven't seen that dude in a long time. Um, yeah, he had a fall in, I think, with the UFC is what they were talking about. So then uh, he's uh-huh. fighting uh, Dennis. I don't know how you say his last name. Goldslav? 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 Yeah. I made a mistake that when you said Kyrian, it's... Not it's it is it's yeah it's Kieran Kieran Fitzsimmons I think yeah something like that yeah yeah I mean I guess we'll see we'll see I mean like this card is um Thursday night and ESPN two and it'll be on at what seven o'clock main card starts at seven o'clock all right well hey let's see if we can get this thing going uh, well, seven o'clock Pacific time yep Eastern time seven oh Eastern sorry my bad seven o'clock Eastern time. Right there. 7 p.m. Got it. Yep, Eastern time. We'll see if Verdum comes in shape. That will be a question. That's the thing. His career has been up and down based off of whether he comes in shape. Whether he's worried about his opponent. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah, strange. You know, when, when he is uh, locked in and uh, and believes that, oh, this, this, this is a tough fight, and he trains hard, He's a hard person, man. He, you got to figure he started all his whole career was everything about grappling, and then he started when he when he really went to King's MMA. He started just learning how to, especially clinch work and the way to do you know things in the clinch and the knees that he would throw made a huge difference in his career. Huge difference. So yeah, he's always had the ground game. He's always been phenomenal on the ground. Yeah, I just, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't take this lightly because those are the kind of the moments that he he sometimes has problems like he thinks he can beat somebody or he doesn't train as hard or whatever the situation is he doesn't perform sometimes to to his ability when he doesn't respect somebody that's the feeling i get that would be a mistake throughout his career that's the feeling he's there's no doubt he's very good he's good on the ground i loved how he started using his knees and his push kicks you know he's he's done a lot of good things so yep like to see him get a win all right, let's talk about um, Bellator. Bellator. So, I, look, we convinced people, what, a month ago. It's been a month. I convinced you all to watch up until this card. And now I'm seeing the card that's coming up after this card on, on May 21st. And then I'm also seeing the one with Yaroslav Amosov and Douglas Lima being put together. There's only a couple fights that, that have not been announced yet on that card, on that Yaroslav Amosov and Lima fight. But that card right there is shaped up to be really damn good as well. So I'm very, I'm very happy and very impressed with what's going on right now with Bellator. And a lot of people, if you go through this card, this card is stacked. And I know we lost, I know we lost some fights, and that's the thing. Um, working for them, I'm thinking to myself, man, this sucks, going to hurt us. But then as I start going through these fights, 
And I'm thinking to myself, you guys, you don't understand how good some of these fights are going to be. You know, the Henry Corrales and Johnny Campbell fight? That should be a damn good fight. That's going to be a great fight. Johnny Eblen is phenomenal. He's such a good wrestler. You know, he's so good. He's a grinder. He gets on top. He does some heavy ground and pound. Logan Storley lost a very good decision. He's a stud. He lost a very close decision to uh, Amosov in his last fight. Kind of tweaked his knee a little bit in it, though, but... He's gonna. He's phenomenal. He comes out of Sanford MMA, trains with all those guys there. And I know that we were looking for the patchy mix uh, fight with uh, James <laughs> Gallagher, but uh, uh, Albert Morales is good as well. And patchy mix is nasty good. I, to me, it's like watching poetry in motion when you watch him grapple and how good he is at getting to the back and getting on the neck is phenomenal. And then you see the return of the, the former middleweight champion, Rafael Carvalho. He's fighting Lorenz Larkin. And we're going to see Lorenz finally going back up to 185. Got tired of making the weight to 170. No, he says he's going to go back down. Oh, he is. He did that fight. He said he went to 185 to fight Costello Van Stinas because he was impressed with Van Stinas, but wanted to fight him. Thought that was a great fight for him. I'll go, I'll go up to 185 and then I'll go back to 170. So after this fight, even though it's not Van Stinas, he says he's going right back to 170. Wow. Uh, that's that's crazy to me. Like I mean, like and don't get me wrong, the Vancinas fight. Cause I, you know how high I am on on Vancinas. Castello Vancinas to me is I feel like he's shaping himself up to be the next guy to be the champion at 185. And there's other guys that are in there, but I mean I think he wants to take over for Gegard Mousasi when Gegard moves on because they are. Oh yeah, he does. So he wants to make sure that his his name is right there at the top. And he had a very close loss to John Salter, but uh, but I thought and he he knows what he did wrong, and he looks he's looked phenomenal since that fight. So. Well, he had the fight against Fabian Edwards. Yeah, it was a little and, more of a chess match in that fight. Yeah, but you talk. There was he had one round where he was just mauling Fabian. Yeah, and then he had one round where Fabian was just mauling. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, there that was that fight. He he has those moments in fights where he kind of just goes into this drift where he's fighting, but there's not a lot of like. You know, energy going out. There's not a lot, and he, and he'll take things, and you go, "What's going up?" All of a sudden, he turns on the switch, and here comes this goddamn monster mm-hmm. when he goes after people. That looks like he he just wants to destroy everything in front of him. And you go, "Where's that guy been this whole fight?" Yeah, because he has that ability. Yeah, this is true. The, the The fight that I'm surprised is not on the main card is Stotts versus Josh Hill. Dude, that's such a good fight. Such a good fight. This phenomenal fight. Like watching, I'm gonna I can't wait to watch these two guys get after it. Now, look, no matter what we say, and I actually did an interview today, I think it was with MMA Fighting. Um, no matter what you see on Saturday, well, no matter what fans see on Saturday on, on Friday night right. on Showtime with Michael Venom Page, no matter what, somebody is gonna get all over. Not one person, but multiple people will get on social media and say that he's a can. I'm sorry, guys. Michael Page is not a can. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you he's better than he is. He's got some holes in his game. The problem is, though, is that his holes in his game are covered up by his speed, his length, his reach, his accuracy, all of those things he can cover up. He can get away with it right now while he's still young. My concern is that what happened with Roy Jones is Roy started to slow down and became more hittable. All that stuff went out the door. He started getting knocked out. He started getting touched. He started having harder fights. Michael Venom Page is not there yet. 
okay? But to say that he's a can or to say he's a can crusher, and the, you guys just have to see what he does that makes it hard for other fighters to fight him. It's easy to sit in your couch and eat potato chips as they fall into your belly. Okay, I understand that. But you guys have to watch how good and how fast he is and how accurate he is. I'm not here to pump him. I'm simply, I'm simply just here to say, like, we got to stop dissing him because of the way he makes it look so easy. He's good. And, you know, let's not forget, we hold Lima. I hold Lima. Maybe I don't know how many of you guys do. I hold Lima up here. Lima's like at the, he's at the very top, at the, at the top of the 170s, the best in the world. Michael Venom Page had rocked him moments before. Lima was able to hit him with the calf kick and then draw and, and knock him out. Moments before that, Michael Venom Page was touching him, making it, I wouldn't say making it look easy, but he was putting some hands on him. And not a lot of people were able to do that against Douglas Lima. So that, that should let you guys know. I know the fight didn't go his way, but that should let you know that, you know, he, he has, he, he has what it takes. He's just got to tighten up some of those, those holes in his game. I think a little bit. Let's, let's, I don't care what someone says. You know, oh, he's a can. Good, go fight him. <laughs> Since you know you you're you're so opinionated and you're so good at this, go fight him. Ain't gonna happen because he would whoop your ass. He's good. He's fast. He's elusive. He is. He's he's just the same thing as when Stephen Thompson came in, you know, to MMA and started fighting the UFC. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's gonna get killed." He hasn't gotten killed. Now he's gotten beat, but. Does that make him a can? Steven Thompson's one of the best damn MMA fighters out there. You know what? You're looking at another guy that's just like him. Michael Page is phenomenal. And you can sit there and say whatever you want. You take a look at some of the fights that he's had. And, you know, sure, in the beginning, they were trying to bring him up with some of the opponents. But then they started trying to give him really tough opponents, guys that could push him. And you take a look. When he fought Dave Rickles, that was, that was a telltale moment. Because Dave Rickles was a, a guy that fought everybody, just a very hard-nosed guy, had a great record, and was the kind of guy that you go, here's a gritty fighter that is going to try to get in the middle of Michael Page's face and just make it a nasty fight. Yep. And look at what happened. Michael Page made a guy that I still know is a tough dude and a good fighter, made him quit, made him stop. That's how accurate and hard he can hit at times and how frustrating he is for his opponent. You know, then he had the Paul Daly fight. You can look, go and look at that. You know, Paul Daly is a monster when it comes to power. He actually tried to change his style and become a guy that was going to grapple, which he hates to do, to try to beat the style of Venom Page. It didn't work for him. Yeah, he lost to to Lima, but he gave Lima some problems, and you saw there was some issues there for Lima during that fight. And then when you take a look at some of the guys after that, he had fights fall out, and so Bellator is trying to, you know, find somebody to fight to fight him. That's not an easy thing. He goes to Japan, he fights uh, Anzai, just destroys him there. Anzai fought in the UFC. He's got multiple wins in the UFC, so he's not a bad fighter, and he just got destroyed. And then Ross Houston comes in again. He's a good fighter. Ross Houston is solid everywhere. Look, you cannot like Michael Page. That's okay. But don't try to say he's not a good fighter. He is a good fighter. Is he the best fighter in the world? not saying that right now. Could he someday be right in that category? Yeah, he could. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he but he's got his hands full with Derek Anderson. Oh, Derek. I love Derek Anderson. Derek's gonna just take his gold tooth, bite down on it. <laughs> he is, and he's gonna walk him down, and he, he's gonna try to hit him and touch him up. And the other thing is, like in terms of length and reach, they're probably very similar. The speed, I think, is obviously gonna go to Michael Venom Page. But I think lengthwise, reach-wise, and Derek Anderson will take two or three shots to try and hit you one time. Page, other- Page, Page is longer. He's taller. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that Derek Anderson has is exactly what you say. Derek, An- you know, I, I always say Derek Anderson is your you know, prototypical Navy SEAL applicant. <laughs> He's a surfer from California who's just too tough for his own good. It says, oh, we're supposed to climb that? No problem. Let's climb it. He, he'll do whatever he is just balls tough and he will bite down he is he has had big time wars with big power guys that he's come out on top you know you take a look at his record and the people he has lost to and Derek Anderson is a stud that dude is a just a complete fighter man tough dude he lost to Brent Primus that was a split decision and and a lot of people including me I thought he won it you know, he lost to Marcin Held. He got caught in a triangle choke. And then he lost to Derek Campos in a unanimous decision that he just didn't fight well. And he said, I, wasn't, I didn't even train for it. So that was a mistake yeah. on his part. But other than that, he's a stud. He's tough. If you can beat Derek Anderson, you are beating a bad dude. Yeah, he's gritty and tough. Like you said, he's that surfer boy from like. He, he is. He just I won. love him, man. Yeah, he just wants to prove everyone wrong. He just likes to fight. Seems like he just likes to fight. It's going to be a good fight, though. So uh, both of them, what? Michael Venopage is, what, 6'3", Derek Anderson six foot. I don't know which one has the reach advantage, but I would imagine it's Venopage. But, I mean, Derek is somebody that he will get in there and make it a dirty, grimy fight. Yep. He'll crush you to the fence. He'll try and take you down. He'll lock horns with you. He'll kick you. He'll punch you. He'll t- try to. He'll do everything he can. He just want, he's, he's one of those dogs. So the fact that, that that fight should be a good fight as well. And then the fight I've been waiting for the longest because of all the trash talk is Patricky and Peter Queeley. So you got that's, Patricky Pitbull versus Peter Queeley. That's that's, that's not only Patricky Pitbull versus Queeley. That's Pitbull brothers from Natal and their camp against SBG and John Cavanaugh's guys from Ireland. There's a whole thing going on there between those camps and, uh, uh, that there, there's a whole lot of background there. You can take a look at, you know, Pitbull's uh, brother, you know, Patricio. He fought against Pedro Cavallo, and you know, there was the whole thing about you know the Pitbull brothers versus SBG and stuff at that point. And their fighters, they wanted Leandro Higo to fight Gallagher or Brian Moore, and all these things going. So this is there's been a lot of talk, a lot of things going back and forth. Peter Queeley is a real deal. Peter Queeley is a tough dude. You know, we've all seen Patricky. He's a tough dude. Someone's going to sleep. Yeah. That's what I, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I think Peter's going to stay on the outside, stick and move, use the kicks, and Patricio's going to just do what he does. He's going to plot right in the middle and let the fight come to him, and he's going to try to touch you with his power in his hands, with his dogs. And unfortunately, I've been on the receiving end of those punches, and they don't feel very well. Or at least I actually don't really feel them because they're usually waking you up. But it's, <laughs> he's got some power, man. And so yeah. – We'll see. I think I think the long layoff. I want to see how he performs after the long layoff. The one thing is, he's different than his brother. His brother yes. will utilize more wrestling. His brother will do everything. Patricky's not known for that. Patricky, don't get me wrong. He's pretty good on the ground. He's strong on the ground. He's physically strong like his brother. You know, um, 
but he's not he's not as versed on the ground as his brother. So it'd be interesting to see how this fight happens if Peter's going to try to take him down at all, try to wear him out, try to slow him down, any of those things. I'd like to know. So we'll see. They have they have one common opponent in uh, Ryan Scope. Ryan Scope and Patricky. I called that fight. I had Patricky slightly winning. It was close yeah. though, very slightly though. I had him winning. I could I wasn't going to be mad if it went the other way. Well, that was because you had the first round was definitely Patricky's. The second round is the one that you can look at. I thought Patricky got it, but it, Scope was coming on in it. Yeah. And then the third round, Scope, Scope was handing it to him. Yep, yep. And it really depends on how much you how much weight you put into that first round because I believe Patricky dropped Scope in the first round. Yeah. You know, with a nice shot, boom, dropped him. Just sat him to his butt real quick. Patricky yep. was able to you know try to touch him up a little bit more. But so then go fight. to the Queeley fight against Scope. Yeah. Where, yeah, that was just Queeley was dominating the fight in the whole first round. Came out at the beginning of the second round, and then Scope hit him with a kick right to the face, dropped him right on the chin, hit him right to the chin, sat him to his butt. Scope beat him up for another minute, 32 minutes. Couldn't put him away. Peter Queeley survived, got to the top position, or be able to get back to his feet, and just dropped him and put him away. Finished. Gutsy. Gutsy Scope. performance when you think about it. And I, and I honestly think, and I could be wrong, but a lot of it had to do not only with just who he is as a, as a person and a fighter, but all those fans that he was in front of, he goes, I am not losing in front of these people. Yeah. This will not happen. It was <laughs> so you had, he had everyone there. It was like, it was uh James was on the card. Um, let's see. And they caught her was actually there watching uh, live in the arena. So I think there was a lot of pressure for yeah. the guys that were there and it was, you know, but uh, good stuff. That fight is, has a lot of excitement. Like you said, they're trying to, they've been trying to get the Higo and James Gallagher fight forever. You know, so that's another fight they've been trying to get in that whole SBG, Pitbull, yep. gym rivalry, though. And then we've got Anthony Johnson fighting, uh, what do you call him, Gugu? Gugu. Gugu. Jose Augusto Azevedo Barros. There's yeah, too well, many names there, dude. I'm going to call him Augusto the whole <laughs> This whole card, I'm going to call him Augusto. Let's call him Gugu. Call him Gugu. That's his, that's his nickname. He's he's tough, John. He's tough, but is he tough enough? You think to get through, uh, AJ? I'll tell you what. There's I've watched. He's had nine fights. I've probably watched seven of them. Mm -hmm. I, I I watched his losses. I watched all you know a bunch of his wins. He is when he started fighting, Josh. He was one of those guys. Technically, just did everything wrong. <laughs> everything. You just watched him. You go, what are you doing? Because he was not, he wasn't taught. He wasn't taught right. Game on the controls. <laughs> but he was tough. You could see that he was a tough guy. He just, you know, he wasn't able to deal with guys in Brazil and some of the ground game that was going on and stuff. But he would take all this abuse trying to get himself back to his feet. And he would work really hard ever since that he has gone to people that could teach him how to fight. He's been now with the Pitbull brothers since uh, somewhere around 2018 he went in there. And since that time, he hasn't lost. Mm. Now, it's not only is he a tough fighter, he's a tough dude. Is he a good fighter? Technically, he's a good fighter now. He has learned how to fight. He's got good technique. He's a good kickboxer. His kicks are long. They're fast. His hands are good. But he's going against Anthony Johnson, too. So... All he has to do is make one mistake and let one of those missiles touch the wrong spot and anybody can be put out. But he is a good fighter. And if you're looking for a guy that said he's got nothing to lose in this, this is the perfect opportunity for him is 
he can go in there, just let it go. Because if he loses to Anthony Johnson, what are people going to say? Oh, he lost to Anthony Johnson. It's not like, oh, man, I can't believe he lost that fight. There's no pressure on him. All the pressure is going to be on Anthony. All of it. Coming out of retirement, coming back into, you know, all this stuff. You know, And I, I'm hearing how good he looks. But all the pressure is definitely going to be on him. So this is a great fight for, you know, Augusto. Yeah, I think what it is, though, as well, is that no one knows what Anthony's really going to look like when the, when the cage door shuts. No. Four years away, like, you may train as hard as you want, but you've got to get they back look great. to that fight pace, that in-fight pace. Look, you think you train hard in the gym, but when you get into the cage, it's a different pace. It's not You can never match the pace in the gym that you're going to match in the cage when you're that night you're fighting. It just doesn't It doesn't happen. So if Augusto or Gugu, whatever you want to call him, if he comes out, if he comes out and tries to get real grimy with AJ right off the bat, starts pressuring him to the fence, tries to like take him down, tries to elbow him, knee him, clinch him, wear on tired. him and make him more tired. Remember, let's remember, this is a five-round fight. Right. So if he can get him past those two rounds and that a potential adrenaline dump for AJ, we'll see. You know, I mean, obviously I'm friends with AJ, so I'm going to lean that way. But uh, it's... And you can't count him out. I don't care if he's been away for four years. No. Not with that power. He's got a beautiful right hand to the switch head kick, or he throws the left hook to the switch head kick. He mixes it up real well. He goes right hand, straight jab to the switch head kick. He's good. He's fast. He's explosive. He is hard to take down no matter how easy it looked like. DC made it look good to take him down. He's hard to take down. You know, I want to say he was an NAIA uh, national champ. Uh, AJ was. I recall maybe I'm thinking maybe even a two time, but I think it was for sure one, and then maybe lost in the finals. It was one of those things. But yeah, he but he's he wrestled a lot. He wrestled in college, and I believe he's the NAIA national champ. So, anyways, he's got he's got plenty of wrestling. I know when we're talking about wrestling pedigrees, though, you guys, there's there's levels like there is to everything, and like everything, you know what I mean. But but, but you got look at here's the one here's one of the things that's a huge problem for him. You know, Augusto fought basically one month ago yeah it's been in the cage recently that that helps where and like you're saying anthony hasn't yeah it's been a long time close to four years so we'll see what happens with that or is it actually even more than four it's four years in one month yeah four years in one month my god so you know stepping in there and as you say new promotion all the different pressures that are on him I'm not saying Anthony can't handle him, but he's got the added pressure in this fight comparative to his opponent. Yeah, the the the, pre- the pressure is key. I th- yeah. It's like not only if you had the four years off, and it's that adrenaline dump is gonna be real, you know. And then the 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 pressure of having to fight at a pace that the guy just fought a month ago, and now his nerves have already been kicked because he kicked those nerves a month ago, you know. And so he's all, he's gonna go in there going, man, I really don't have any pressure. Sure, I want to win this fight. But I just fought a month ago. This feels like home again. I was just there. No one expects him to win because they don't know who he is for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it would be it'd be weird to see it. I mean, if he wins, it'd be, it'd be just like everyone would just be in shock. These are those moments that you got to seize. I'm really surprised that Anglicus didn't take the fight. Oh, my. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what's the for? You're 30 years old. You're 30 years old, and you just fought a two, what, two weeks ago. You're you're in shape. You didn't take any damage. You dominated the fight. I, I don't I don't I don't understand. You have a potential to win a million dollars on top of your purse. And from what I understand, there was a potential of him making more. They were going to up his purse because he was being in the tournament. Yeah. 
that he was going to be put into the tournament against AJ. So I didn't, I don't understand that. You're not, these type of opportunities don't come. Who cares? One, like one loss, you're right back where you were anyways. It, it just, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. You know, lost I, to AJ I, was not going to drop him at all. Yeah. If that, if that occurred and, and, and look at, it's very possible he could have won. Yeah, I like to because you just fought and like you said, the nerves are gone. They're already yeah. gone, you know. And I want to remind people: this is how DC got his start. Was he was an alternate in that tournament in that heavyweight strike force tournament strike force heavyweight Grand Prix, baby. All them because someone got hurt, and then they had he went in there and stepped in and fought Bigfoot Silva, got the knockout, and the rest is history. You know, and the, these these type of moments is help is what helps shape your career. Do you, you got to seize these moments, man. You got to take those chances and you got to do it. Got to believe. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I mean, expect like the, the money was going to be increased and they have the potential to make a million dollars. So sometimes, it, yeah. sometimes guys look and they get to this thing about, they want to have this great record and I, and I don't want to take the chance of a loss. And you look, you go, you're not getting it, man. You're not understanding it's especially in MMA. One of the things that I, I used to love, about pride was their whole thing about they didn't care if you won or lost yep they cared that you fought your ass off if you fought your ass off and you lost you were coming back they were going to have you if you went out there won the fight but didn't do anything that was anything special and just basically controlled your opponent didn't didn't matter if you won go by yeah you know, you're not, we don't, we don't need that. We want someone that's going to put it on the line. And that's really, I think that's been a hallmark of MMA compared to boxing is your record. Yeah. It means something. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's who you fought and how you performed against them. That is the real, you know, book on who you are as a fighter and what your worth is. Yeah. Every time I fought there in the rules, like we had a rules meeting, you know, and they always said, if you fight hard, we'll always have you back. They would tell you that. If you fight hard, you make this exciting, you fight hard, we'll always have you back. I was like, all right, well, hello. <laughs> I mean, well, hello. It just made you feel comfortable. It made, it made you feel comfortable knowing that you could, whether you won or lost, you fought your ass off and you fought and you made it, you try to make it as exciting, as exciting as possible, that you knew that they'd probably have you back. And that was important. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where we got. Where would we get off? <laughs> oh man! Talking about uh, people not taking opportunities, man. Yeah, I just missed I, opportunities. I don't look at do the it. DC thing, and it just it, it, his career was shaped. That's from. what blew DC up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like with with Anglicus, it, it, I want to remind people: if he beat, let's just say he beats AJ, not only just that catapults you into kind of being like a star, you're fighting for the title next. Your next fight is against Nemkov. You're fighting for the title. Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. And then then you're defending the title in the finals if you beat him. So then now it's like you're making that title money on top of the potential of winning the million dollars. It, there's you it could have changed your your life and your career. You know, I go back to the Paul Bonatello thing. He was offered the Fedor fight, didn't take it, and fucking just ne never heard from him again. I, mean, I see him around, of course, town because he lives here. But no, done. Career was pretty much done. Lost his next fight, no matter. He lost his next fight anyways, and then he was gone. Strike Force was like, "Okay, we're done with you. We needed you at a time to do something. We needed you to fight Fedor. Step up. That, come well, on. Yeah. Why would you not? 
Well, what happened was, no, what happened was Affliction ruined it because Affliction, he saw what Andre Arlovsky made. I think Andre made like 700000 or something like that. And Scott told, I think like Coker was telling him, yeah, Affliction's out of business. Uh, <laughs> like that's why I'm not paying you seven hundred thousand. I'll pay you this much money to fight Fedor, but I'm not paying you that. Man, if, if I could tell, if I if I could tell you the stories off of Affliction and the things that went on and and the money spent and it went, you know, yeah. I, I was offered that position. I was offered the position to be president of Affliction Fighting, and I was like, can't do it. You're not going to be around, man. You're spending too much money. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was, you talk about people saying, oh, they want fighters to make more money, bring back affliction. <laughs> it was, they were putting out some big yeah. money. But you, if, if you as a promotion can't survive, well, then only a few fighters get to benefit for a very short amount of time. Yeah. That sounds like Triller. <laughs> no, be careful, man. There's people out there that are in trouble because Triller's got that $100 million lawsuit. And now they're telling people, I'll tell you, we'll give you a month. We will give you a month to give us $50 or we're coming after you. Interesting. <laughs> well, you don't believe it? No, I don't. I mm. don't. But I thought they did so well on their pay-per-view buys that the wild. Well, that? hold on, hold on. You know, just... 1.4 or 1. whatever. Bullshit. Yes, John. You're on the same page. For yeah. once, I can say I agree with Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> what a... Did Dana White say something about the the pay per views on Triller? There's no damn way those guys did 1.4 million views. Okay, so the, the the I feel like now that Yoel Romero is out, it's bringing more spotlight to the Juan Archuleta and Sergio Pettis fight. Because before everyone was like, oh, everyone thought the Yoel and, and Anthony Johnson fight was the main event. This title fight is the main event, and this this fight is going to be a barn burner. Oh, it's a good it's gonna, fight. Going to come down to styles. It's going to come down to Pettis taking the center of the cage, waiting for Juan to kind of make his approach, and he's going to try to counter him and strike him and, and land with the punches and kick on the way out. But can he? Is, is he going to lose rounds by letting Juan dance around on the outside, touch him up, and potentially try to take him down by trying to by trying to counter strike? That's going to be, I think, the moment. If Pettis can walk him down and make him fight in an uncomfortable position and take shitty shots, he might have a chance. But can, and can he stay? Can he keep Juan off of his legs? If Juan takes him down, I think Juan can dominate the fight from the top position. Yeah, Juan's going to be very tough if he gets into the top position. Not that Pettis has got very good jiu-jitsu, but he doesn't want to be underneath Juan. That's not a good place for him to be. The one thing I love about Juan is Juan will give up position to make you pay for the loss that he's getting of the position, meaning he will, he will separate to land shots. He will actually move himself out of a, a grounded position to land something as you're getting up. I love the fact that he will do those things. Mm -hmm. the, the real thing with, with this fight, when I look at it, is who's the person, who's the fighter that can dictate the pace of this fight? Pettis fights at a good pace when he's in control, and he likes to be very calculated in what he does. Archuleta likes to really push that pace, push things on you, make you fight fast, make you have to deal with all of this movement and everything that he does and the fact that he's making you guess as far as is he going to wrestle, is he going to strike, you know, is he going for that knee tap or is the right hand coming over the top? He does all these different things which makes you more tense in the fight, which makes you burn more energy in the fight. And right now he's fighting very well. The big difference, you know, you look at that and I look at the fact that 
Archuleta has fought much bigger people overall in his career, where Pettis has fought faster, smaller guys. I think Pettis has got the speed advantage in the fight, not by much, but you look at just who they fought overall, it's going to be that question of who's the guy that is the one dictating the pace of the fight. The one who's dictating the pace of the fight is probably the one that's going to come out as the winner. Yeah, if Juan can fight him at the pace and control that pace like he did against Patchy Mix, I think he wins the fight. Yep. If he doesn't fight at that type of pace, I think he loses the fight. That's my point. Yeah. And Pettis has got to make sure that... I wish I would have said that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I cleaned it up for you. Okay, thank I, you. I was, I was paraphrasing. All right, go um, He was, but with Pettis, if he cuts the cage off and minimizes how much movement that Juan can make, it'll make yes. it an easier fight for him to touch him. Yep. What you saw with uh, Patricio, Patricio cut off the cage a little bit and then also hit him with some big shots as he went to step in. He didn't load up. He just threw it quick. Boom, boom. Dropped Juan, got back on top of him, couldn't finish. Then he, you know, they got back to his feet and just kept doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and if Pettis can fight that style of fight, the problem is Pettis doesn't have the punching power of Patricio. So that's the thing. Juan may not respect that punching power of Pettis. He's got power. I'm not trying to say he doesn't. Oh, he can hurt him. Doesn't have Patricio's power. No. Not a lot of people do. So, um, but I mean, it, to me, I think it makes for a very fun fight. We may see, and I, I think Pettis is better at 135. He talked about it all the time. I was killing him to make 125. He hated it. He's not a big guy, but he also left the UFC because they didn't know what they were doing with the weight class. They didn't want him to go up to 35. They wanted him to stay at 25 because they said he was too small. There was a lot of things that happened where they kind of were forcing him to stay at that weight class, and he didn't want to be there anymore. He wanted to stay at 45. They also needed, at the time, they they needed flyweights. Yeah, they needed flyaways, but then they also were very unclear with what they were doing with the division. Yes. So his contract was, I think his contract was up, and he was like, look, I just want to go. And so they, I think he let him go, just, just from what I understand. Am I right or am I wrong? No, he was. He, was, he fought out his contract, and yeah. then he decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. They didn't have control of him. There was nothing they can do. They can offer him a contract. He can either take it or turn it down, and he can go where he wants. Yeah, I think it was a good call. I think he, I think it's been a super call for him. He's got a lot more um, opportunity, I think. He's making more money, I know that. But he's got a lot more opportunity to excel um, here. And the 135-pound division of Bellator is fucking stacked. You got Mix, you got Gallagher, you got Juan, you've got... Shots, you got Hill. Shots, you got Hill, you got Hugo. Oh. You got, I mean, it's, there's so many fucking fighters at 135 there. It's impressive. Yep. So it's a stacked division. I'm I'm pumped for him. Who else there? Oh, Horiguchi, Brett Johns, Keith Lee, yep. Magomed. Yep. Lugo. Jornel Lugo. Come oh, on, bro. How the hell did I forget that name? <laughs> Brian Moore. I mean, I can't forget Brian Moore. The Pike Man. Scoggins is good. Uchegbu is really good in jiu-jitsu. I mean, you know he's only two and zero, but his grappling's no nice. It's nasty. He reminds what me about, of Apache Mix. What about poor Eric Perez? Eric Perez is fighting on this card, right? Jeez, he can't buy a win. Well, he can't buy a win in Bellator because he was what seven and two in the UFC. Yeah, I think it's something. I think he was seven and two in the UFC, and he has just been having fits. So far, and so this is a fight he needs to get a win in. This is big for his confidence. 
He's a tough dude. He's a tough fighter. So he's, he's tough. A, he just uh, well, he ran into he ran into two. He ran into Toby Meech. Toby Meech. Meech, who is uh, you know heavy-handed, can't make weight, but heavy-handed is one of the nastiest knockouts. Yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, he's got power in his hands, and then he then he fought Josh Hill. So he's had two tough opponents. You can't say anything about the opponents he's had. So, yeah, it's, it's a big fight for him. I um yeah, we're gonna see. Look overall, I want I want everyone to scroll down. Look in the second uh, prelim. Scroll down, please, Dave. Weber Almeida, he is a silverback. Leota Machida, um, what protege is what you would yep. call? Yeah, yeah, and he's. He's got a power. He's got power. He's a savage. He's got power. He, I believe his last fight, he starched somebody. It was just nasty. Uh, he's good. He's very good. So I'm saying from the very beginning, you guys should be excited. Like, you know, Eric Perez, try to get him a win now. Bellator, since coming from the UFC, he hasn't had one win yet. You know, Weber, Almeida, he's good fighting Johnny Soto. And you've got Henry Corrales, who to me is always going to be a fan favorite. He's fun. He's dirty. He's grimy. He'll want to stand and bang with you. Fighting Johnny Campbell, who's tough as well, gritty and tough. You know, Johnny Eblen, great wrestler. Um, Daniel Madrid, I'm sorry. The, 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 the uh, is, he escapes me. Do you, I, I oh. didn't, I'm trying to remember who he fought last. Daniel Madrid? Yeah. Can you pull up who his, his thing is? I'm trying to think of who he fought. He won. It was a, was a decision but god he was just all i want to say it was pat casey i'm not sure yes yes you would look at there look at you look at the fucking big brain on this dude jesus jeez insane the archuleta mix fight gosh man i remember the pat oh that's right that's right okay okay i got it now he's good yes he's good everywhere Uh, he's such a good wrestler man so good, so controlled. Well, yeah, the thing, Eblen is like, you know, there there was that whole set of guys: Michael Chandler, Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren coming out of Missouri. Well, Eblen, guy coming out of Missouri too, and he kind of followed them. He was, he was the freshman when they were, I think when uh, Chandler was a senior and decided that he was gonna once he got done with his collegiate career, he was gonna become a fighter. Man, he is, he's good. I lo- I love his nickname now. Yeah, the Korean Canelo. Nah. <laughs> but uh that he's a he's a stud. His last fight was one that you looked at and you go, Man, this kid's got it. He's just he can wrestle when he wants, he can stand up, he has power. He fought Taylor Johnson, who is, you know, super you know, he's a good wrestler. He's a super good submission guy. He's slick with leg locks and everything. And he just, you know Taylor was talking and during the fight, I won't forget it because he was talking and saying, Jesus Christ, can he just get off of me for a second? It was a telling thing when you got a guy just saying, man, I can't get this guy off of me. Yeah. That's the way Johnny Eblen is. And so he, he's going to have a hell of a career. Yeah, so guys, this fight is on Friday night on Showtime. The prelims, I believe, will be on Bellator YouTube, so you guys can check them out there as well. So I mean, look, this card's this card's good. This card's stacked. I said this this card was going to be the best card in Bellator history. We lost three very top level fights uh, on the card, 
but uh, the fighters are still so great. Half of them are still there, and the fight and the card's still really good. So make sure you guys tune in. Also, the May twenty first card is shaping up. It's really good as well with her cyborg, and then Fabian Edwards fighting Austin Vanderford. There's some other really good fights on there as well, which of course we'll talk about on the next two weeks. But damn, I'm I'm pumped now for the next three these next three Bellator cards coming up, and. Um, we're going to see, man. We're going to see if, if these guys can start living up to the hype and the expectations that I have for them. Because I've said this over and over, John. For all the fighters that went from Strike Force to the UFC and had success, this the Bellator roster's got better fighters. You know, and that's no knock on those guys. And this, I was one of them. It's no knock on those guys. <laughs> I was no, one of them. That's true. There's no knock on us. You know, like we're, the guys were good. All of those guys were phenomenal. All of them. And females, especially the females. Damn good. You know, um, but the, this roster is way better, and they just they got to live up to what what we expect from them. And I expect great things from them. That Josh Hill and Rafael Stotts fight, and the Michael Venom Page and Derek Anderson and Patricky and and Peter Queeley, those three fights right there to me, and Lorenz Larkin and and Cavallo, the, those fights right there, just in that one little group, you should be glued to your seat. And I mean, I can go down the the prelims, but I'm not trying to steer you guys wrong. You guys, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent on this card, so make sure you guys are paying attention. Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in, and they'll give you a little extra spending cash. You guys can bet on Bellator. You guys can bet on the UFC. I believe they're going to start putting up the PFL as well. And uh, I don't know about one. I'm just trying to be. I, I believe, but just I, trying to be honest. Yeah, just trying to be honest. But there has been some communication, I think, back and forth about potentially putting up the PFL. Hell, you so, could uh, even gamble table tennis. Yeah. With my bookie. Table tennis, boxing, soccer, golf, horses, MMA, blackjack. You play NHL, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. What more can you ask for? I made a killing bet on the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, election stats in there, too. I was betting on that shit. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, because I lost all my money betting on fighting, so I had to make it back somehow. <laughs> uh, so go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in. They'll give you a little extra cash uh, when you first on your first initial sign up, and uh, have at it, man. And you can thank us later. Also, go to when you guys go to YouTube and all of our audio platforms. Hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up as well on the YouTube. Hit the subscribe button on all of our platforms so you guys can listen to us on the car. Now the traffic is starting to pick back up, especially in the Bay Area. And um, you guys can listen to us in the car. I recommend you not watch us on YouTube while you're in the car. Please. Save. Unless you can do this with your eyes. Yeah. If you can make your eyes go in different directions. It's okay. Go ahead. Dave can do that. <laughs> Podcast Dave. <clears throat> um, yeah, so hit that subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, Spotify, we're on all those platforms as well. Hit the audio platform there. We're also going to reach out to Spotify and see if we can get included into that video platform. So uh, Dave, Podcast Dave and I have been talking about that. So we're going to reach out to them and see if we can be included into their video platform as well. So uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on the Spotify and iTunes and all the other platforms there for audio. All right, thank you guys. And um, I want to say thumbs up, hit thumbs up. Dave, what you got for us? Uh, UFC uh, on Saturday night is now uh, Mich uh, Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Watterson. Okay. I love me some Michelle Watterson. I'm sorry. She's a sweetheart. I love that. Her personality and the relationship she has exactly. with her husband and her daughter. It's hilarious. Like, her and her husband have these, like, these uh, videos they do on Instagram, and it's so funny. She was, like, trying to show him how to twerk the other day, and, like, he did it, and then she ran, like, a fart noise when he did it. 
was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was so classic. It was cool, man. So good stuff, man. He's awesome. Um, I, the card kind of fell apart a little bit. You lost Diego and Donald. Um, you lost the main event with TJ Dillashaw and um, who was Corey Sanhagen? Corey Sanhagen. And so you know you've got look. It's the it's what's going on right now. This is what well, it's just part of fighting, especially if you're going to put on all these cards. You're going to have fights fall out. It just happens. Sometimes it's the fighter doing it. Sometimes it's the medical staff pulling them. You know, there's reasons that you know things happen, and you just got to move on from there. Yeah, that Neil Magny and uh, Jeff Neal fight should be good. That's a really good fight. Yep, and then the Diego Ferreira fight versus Gregor Gillespie. That that's a really good fight. fight. And then, obviously, Hebus and Angela Hill, that should be a good fight. So you have those three fights in the middle there that I think are going to be very good. Yeah. You know, and the Phil Hawes versus Kyle Dacus, that should be a pretty good fight. Um, dun, dun, dun. Question, do you think, when you look at uh, Marina Rodriguez against uh, Michelle Michelle Watterson, do you think that Michelle is going to be able to get Marina down because in the stand-up, Rodriguez is a beast. Yeah, uh, Michelle's got a really good double leg to that outside trip that she likes to do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, she she can also try to throw you from the body lock, but she leaves herself out of position sometimes when she does that. But I, I think Michelle is obviously, I think, the faster fighter. I don't know if that's going to play a factor on her getting in on the takedown. But Michelle, I believe Michelle's a little bit smaller than her, though, like height-wise. Oh, yes. Yeah, so like what? Two big three, difference. Is that big difference? Yeah, big difference. Five, and she's five seven. Oh wow, that's okay. So five two and five seven. Five three and five, five seven. three. It's like me and Dave. I'm like five three, and Dave's like five seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're Tom's buddy. You're six one, and you're Tom's. And you're <laughs> Tom. Oh, you're, you're Tom. Whatever. You're wearing women's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. He's the only guy I've ever seen wear Toms with a collared shirt and, and then Adidas jeans. Like how embarrassing. Adidas jeans? Adidas uh, sweatpants. It was embarrassed to go out and get coffee with him one time. I was like, Jesus comfort. God, I can't believe comfort. Comfort. It's all about comfort, Dave. Don't worry about the critics. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I don't know why Josh is trying to show up looking. Just keep. Up and just do stuff. you. I don't know if you should be recommending that, though. <laughs> I should be recommending that. Um, so what do you know about Alex Morano? I know a lot of, I did his fights. Alex Morano is a, just a workhorse, tough guy. He's actually got a very good ground game. Then I look at, you know, Don, I think Donald Cerrone has got one of the most underrated ground games in MMA. He's outstanding on the ground. So I'm not going to say that Morano is uh, better. I don't think he's better than Donald on the ground, but he is good. So he can match up with Donald fairly well on the ground. He's going to be in Donald's face. He is not going to back down from him at all. He will be uh, right in the middle of Donald going after him. He's not real fast. Uh, he's got decent power. I think uh, Donald's kicks are going to give him some problems if Donald starts to use them the way he has in the past at times. He kind of stopped doing it a little bit. So we'll see wh- which Donald Cerrone comes out. But you know, this is not going to be an easy fight for Donald, especially right now in his career where it's at. This is a good fight for him. Beating Alex Morano is not an easy task for anyone. He's just that gritty guy that never stops, never goes away. Is this uh, Donald's retirement fight? Well, I don't know. He was talking about, uh, 
you know, that being a possibility when it was Diego. And so now who knows, you know, could it be possibly, you know, if it is, you know, I, again, love to see it. Hats off to him. He has been a stalwart in uh, MMA as a whole, whether it was in the WEC, the UFC, he's just been incredible. I, I love the guy. Um, he's exactly what you want to see, you know, as far as a fighter. He's he's the guy that he does it all crazy, but fights his ass off. When he wins, he does it with, with class, and when he loses, he does it with class too. Yeah, it's very true. The word is more around is it what you know he's on a five fight or four fight lose streak with a no contest in there. So the word on I'm reading online is it more if he, if he loses is he done and is he fighting? Yeah, I thought job? he had announced Diego had announced that was his retirement fight was this fight against uh, Donald Cerrone, but I wasn't sure if uh, Cowboy had said the same thing. Nah, didn't come in. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't think they're gonna ever get rid of him. They're gonna let him leave on his own. Um, if, if I'm sorry, they them. As much as he, I know, he's if he is losing, he continues to keep losing. But I mean, what BJ and, I, and I'm a I was big, gonna say, look at what, the, what happened with BJ. BJ lost seven in a row or eight in a row or something like that, right? And then you also had Josh Koscheck had lost five in a row, you know, uh, before they finally like you know let him go. He actually left. They actually were still trying to re-sign him. You know, they didn't cut him. They didn't release him. They said no, no. We still they still were trying to re-sign him when he left. When he left. Well, they, if there's one thing Dana has been. You know, when when you talk about the tough guys, he was always very loyal to them. Well, especially the beginning tough guys. Yeah, that's what I mean. Tough season one, all of those guys, you know, he, he was very loyal to and, and felt like, you know, they were his special guys he wanted to take care of and things like that. You know, Donald wasn't part of that, but oh. uh, he's got a same type of, you know, affiliation as far as his, his belief in Donald and what Donald did for him. Donald's always stepped up and taken fights no matter what, Yeah, you know? And so I, I would think that, you know, Dana, Dana doesn't want to see Donald go out in a bad way. You know, he wants to see him win, but you can only go so far with what you have, but you know, they did a lot with BJ, Mm -hmm. you know, because he had that same type of, you know, feeling about him. So I don't know. Is with Donald, I if he gets a win, it's a good way to go out. If he gets a loss, do I think he's done? I don't think so. Yeah, but you got guys like Jim Miller. He's still fighting, correct? Did was that Jim's last fight? Yeah, I think that was Jim's last fight. They were saying okay, because they might be wrong about around that. that same time. But then, like with Donald Cerrone, I feel like he still has some left in the tank. You know, um, it's it won't be that it won't be title run, but I mean, it, no. he still has some left in the tank. I don't know how much more though, but I'm I, I like watching him fight, man. It doesn't matter what I, I want to watch him fight. So, uh, but this wanna, card, this I card, love watching him fight. I don't want to see him take abuse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's there's just some this card. This card is subject to was subject to change based off you know some injuries and some other things. So it's like one of those situations where it was shaped to be a very good card. It was headlined with a very with two big names. And uh, they just—they're doing the best they can. No different than what was going on with Bellator, and as well with some other promotions. That shit like this happens, man. It's the fight game. Before, before it was always injuries, and now there's a little bit of injuries mixed in with some COVID shit. You know. So, but um, you just gotta—you gotta be thankful for all the promotions. You know, stepping up, trying to make sure that their promotion and their fighters are being active, trying to do the best they can right now during these circumstances. So, I know someone's—I know someone's gonna say something about. You know, I said that he's that Dana's been loyal to the tough one guys, and they're gonna say. Well, what about Diego? 
And so let me just say, when you get to a point where a fighter or management starts talking about things that are uh, litigious in ways or going after lawsuits, no company's going to keep you. Just being honest. You know, and I feel bad for Diego. I love Diego as a, as a person. As a fighter, he's had some wars that were just epic. And his heart and his uh, his warrior spirit, you can never deny. But no one's going to keep you around when they believe that you're going to try to attack them. Yeah, yeah. Why, why take why take a chance in allowing you to be inside my community, knowing that you're just plotting, eventually plotting against me? Yep. Now, I don't think that was Diego doing that. I no, I don't think it was Diego. I think it was people around him. His little sidekick. So, <laughs> His little sidekick. This shit drives me crazy, man. I can't stand people. Like oh, that. dude. Um, all right, so uh, that'll wrap us up for the actual fight card talk. And I actually jumped the gun and did the my bookie before we got done with the fight card. Fight card. Because I'm I'm not very bright sometimes. But um, Dave, I feel like you got some news for us. Talk to me, Goose. Um, well, we're actually gonna jump in and thank you and a. Oh, we are okay. Yeah, and then we'll do the fight news after. Um, the, so there's nothing really to cover, which is what we discussed there. Um, if you want to talk, if you want to touch on Sean O'Malley real quick, that's the only thing we really had was Sean O'Malley's um, next fight um, is against Luis Smolka. Luis Smolka from Hawaii. Yeah, <clears throat> he's a tough dude, man. And Luis's been around for a long time. He's uh was in the UFC, out of the UFC, got brought back. He's had a couple of wins there. Louis Smolka is the real deal. Now, do I think that that's a good fight for Louis? No, I think Sean's probably uh, going to be a handful for him as far as speed, especially. But Louis Smolka is the real deal, so that's not an easy fight for O'Malley. Yeah, I think if Sean just comes in prepared, if Sean comes in prepared and doesn't read the paper clippings, uh, we're going to see more successful Sean O'Malley. If, uh, if he comes in you know, believe in the hype and all other stuff, you're going to see a potential, another loss or just not a great performance by him. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think, I think, like I said, I feel like he has come a long way in terms of who he is. And I think he's figuring it out. Like, okay, the stuff that happened on the podcast situation, you know, it's not where I want to be, you know, you know, people, all the bad talk. It does. It gets to you while you're training. Like people are talking yeah. shit about you on social media and he obviously reads it. And so, you know, it affects the way you train. It affects the way you fight. It affects the way you think about about um, your performance. And you can't have that. You have to have a clear mind going into every single fight. And so if, if he does that, I think his talent level is, is the sky's the limit. It's just a matter. It's up to him to clear all that other bullshit out and just focus on trying to be the best fighter he can so he can get to that title. So I think he can do that. What I agree you, with you. What else you got there? Fan Q&A now? Yep. Because you're not the best at searching for headlines? Clippings? No. Oh, whatever, we'll get to Sorry, just we, we know your brain doesn't you. work. We you. know your brain doesn't work. So that's, that's why okay. I need you to read it to me. Yeah, that's why you need me to hold your hand to the grocery store as well. Oh, jeez. Um, so getting a fan questions now. Um, Doctor Furberger asks, um, how come you guys are able to make such a quality MMA podcast with relevant MMA talk? Tried listening to Believe Him You, and it was two <laughs> dudes flirting, calling each other baby boy, and chatting about putting in a fucking car how are you able to keep your show on track and moving topics without going off and tangents about unrelated topics well we just covered that i do that but i don't even know what believe like is is it called believe him you no it's called believe you me believe, oh, believe you me. me 
I love which me is some... a British slang term, by the way. The union oh, is land. it? Yeah. Oh, I, I love me some Michael Bisbing. I don't even know who he does this. Sh- I don't even know who he does the show with. Louis Gomez. Okay, Louis Gomez. Louis, I'm sure you're a great guy. Don't put up with Bisbing shit, man. Let him know. Let him know you're the boss. <laughs> Let him know you holding that fort down. People only come to the show for you, Louis. Okay. I, I only know Michael because I trained with him one time, two times maybe, and he seemed like a nice guy, and uh, I liked watching him fight. But you know. I don't go. If I watch Believe Him, you or whatever your name of your show is, Louis. Okay, I tune in for your ass. I don't tune in for Michael Bisbee. Okay, I just want to let you know that, Louis. You the man. You, you the fucking man. All right. I love you. All right. <laughs> I'm staying so far out of this one. Oh, I love it. I love. It. I just like to. Just, I know that that's probably just eating up fucking Bisbee right now. I love it. Just a little jabs. Like it's all. It's all. Josh Thompson, you're such a fucking punk. <laughs> Well, you know what I love, right? I love the fact that you know what we we have we haven't I've not I haven't talked to Michael Bisming. I haven't talked to him at all. But there's been banter back and forth through our shows, and I know they hear about it, and we hear about theirs and that type of stuff. And I think it's fun. And I I want I wish their their podcast a ton of success. Oh, best of luck. I want them to be successful. Absolutely. I want all these small shows to be successful, especially Bisbings. Okay, so that little small show, I hope it does. Get, <laughs> I hope it does succeed. You know, I like to give it. Five. Michael, you're doing a great job. Okay, and uh, continue it, and I wish you the best of luck, my man. Next question comes from Lucas Hernandez, and he asks, do you agree with me? I think Luke Rockhold, when he was champ at Strike Force and Anderson Silva was champ at the same time, Luke would beat him. No. No. No, but I do want to say this, and this was actually brought to my attention, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this is kind of, you are kind of right. During that time, Luke Rockhold was fighting the tougher talent. He was fighting Jacques Array. He was fighting Tim Kennedy. He was fighting tougher guys. You know, Anderson Silva was fighting a very small Damian Maya. He was fighting who else? Well, uh, not Ricardo Almeida. Uh, there was another one. Well, he had Dallas Latest. He had Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote. I mean, remember he went. He he was. I would say he, it was a very close fight with him and Patrick Cote. Well, and then he heard was. He hurt his knee, but I mean, it was close fight. Yeah, the rounds were close, but Anderson was winning them. Did you think so? Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, I'm just saying it could have went either. It was one of those fights where Anderson like didn't want to take any chances, and the fight looked like it could have went either way. Like the judges, if I'm a judge, you may have leaned towards Anderson because it was Anderson. I don't know if judges <laughs> do that. <clears throat> wink, wink. Of wink, course, wink. But I had Patrick was landing a lot of the harder, cleaner shots in that fight. And it, there wasn't a lot of them, though. That's the problem. There was only like, yeah, okay, yeah, there you five go. Five in the five in the round, you know. But then uh, Patrick Cote tore his knee. But uh, but I mean, like, if you look at the competition that Rockhold was fighting at that time versus the competition that he was fighting during that time, I mean, I would lean more towards Rockhold. But I wouldn't say Rockhold would beat Anderson, though. It would have been a fun fight, though. <sighs> okay, let's let's. Uh, you got to look at this and say. I want you to think about it. When Anderson won the championship, he beat Rich Franklin, right? That's how he won it. And then he fought Travis Luter because it was that whole tough thing with mm-hmm. uh, the guys coming back and stuff like that. Beat, you know, Nate Marquardt, beat Rich Franklin again. <sighs> well, I'm trying to, Dan, Dan Henderson was in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan was. Beat, okay. And, I know he fought James Irvin at 205. 
I'm not sure where that was in there, but it was, I can tell you it was the same date as the affliction thing. So I can tell you since that's what they put up there, but he fought Forrest Griffin also, who was a lightweight, a light heavyweight champion. You know, it made him look bad, you know, fought Vitor Belfort. Who else? Eh, Chael Sonnen, Yushin Okami. Those were two, right? Yeah. So, I I mean, but that that was long duration. Like by the time, yeah, that's a long duration. But I'm just saying, you you take a look at the Dan Hendersons in there and stuff. And I, I, you know, I'm not saying that uh, Luke wasn't fighting good competition. He was, but Rich Franklin was good competition. Dan Henderson was good competition. Yeah, you know, Nate Marquardt at one time, good competition. Nate Marquardt yeah. was a stud. But I could also make the case that when Luke he was the strike force we're talking about strike force champ but then he also came back and became the champ at 185 or sorry was it at 185 well he became the champ in the, the ufc, UFC the ufc yeah. champ so yeah. we, we could say that too like he beat the guy that beat uh anderson yeah, twice now, that, obviously anderson was older so i'm not i'm not trying to knock on that what i'm saying like if we're talking about the, both guys in their prime i look at what luke was doing against guys like jacare tim kennedy keith jardine um i, I I will say it this way, and, and I'm being as honest as I can be with it. If Luke Rockhold tried to fight Anderson Silva in a stand-up fight, he was going to lose. Yes. Okay. If he if he was smart and took Anderson to the ground, Luke Rockhold could win that fight. Yep. You know, Luke Rockhold could submit Anderson. He could catch him. So, I mean, if, if you're looking, both guys are great fighters. Anderson was special over a very long period of time. But Luke Rockhold was really, really talented. Yeah. And in specific areas, he's a better fighter. You know, and people are going to sit there and say, well, but Anderson was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Levels, people. There are levels to everything. And if you put them in a grappling competition, Luke Rockhold will eat Anderson Silva alive. Yes, he would. Just telling you. So, I mean, if he tried to win it on the feet, I'm going to say Anderson's going to beat him. He's going to end up making the mistake somewhere along the way, and he's going to get hurt. If he fights the fight in an area that's best for him, he gets into getting Anderson to the ground, he definitely can win that fight. Yeah, I agree. And during that time that Luke was making his run and strike force stuff, he wrestled a lot more. Yeah. There was a lot more wrestling. And he, it wasn't until he started having a lot more success in the UFC with his stand-up that he fell in love with it. Don't get me wrong. He liked to stand in strike force as well, but he utilized his grappling a lot more. Which in, made him more dangerous. Which made him a lot more Harder dangerous. to deal with. Yeah, because always, I've always said this. If Chael Sonnen had a fucking ounce of grappling, he would have beat Anderson Silva. If he had one ounce, like just a, give, me, <laughs> give me one guard pass. Chael Sonnen, show me you can pass he, one fucking He didn't need guard. a guard pass. Just don't let someone hook up a triangle. The, Come on. <laughs> give me a give me a three quarter round. Give me something like that so that triangle is out of the equation. Jeez, buddy. Did you not see any of then uh, Anderson tapped uh, Travis Luter with the triangle? Did yes, you not did. see that fight? Did you not see that fight, Chael Sonnen? Get out of the guard. Like just, just get into the <laughs> half guard. Get into something like that. He had no answer for those positions. He could have done all the work from there. Damn it. I'm just Damn it. <laughs> and, and Luke Luke would have made sure that if Anderson would have got down, he or would have been taken down. Luke would have dominated the top, the, the the position from the ground for sure, no doubt. I'll right, give us another one there, podcast Dave. Liam Myth asks, both each in their respective prime. Is Officer Big John able to arrest and detain an unlawful Josh? Love the show, guys. Hashtag and still. No, because he's slow. He can't catch me. <laughs> he's running, huh? <laughs> Damn. Why are you gonna run, man? 
because I know I'm faster than you. <laughs> uh, you ain't faster than my dog. Than your radio. Than your radio, right? Exactly. You call for backup. My dad always told me. He's like, Oh, dude, you can't outrun the radio. It's not that you. He's like, It's not that you can't outrun the cops that are chasing you. Oh yeah. You can't outrun the radio. The one they call ahead. There's five cops ahead of you. They're gonna Boom. cut you off. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess that's right. <laughs> that's why I never ran cops. I'm like, what's the point? You're gonna get me eventually. Yeah. First off, I w- let's let's just look at it this way. I would never have to arrest Josh. No, because I actually speak to cops with respect. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh just like, a good yes, person. Sir, I don't no, have to worry sir. about him. Yes, sir. No, sir. And just hey, just okay. Give me my <laughs> ticket. I'm on my way. I'll pay my fine. I'm out of here. That's I, it. Normally, the yes sir, no sir will get you out of a ticket if you use it properly. Just yeah. yes sir, no sir. Nope, I didn't mean to. Nope, didn't. Didn't didn't realize. I, I use that word a lot when I'm talking to a cop. Didn't realize. I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. Sorry, hmm. I didn't realize I was speeding, and I apologize for that if I was. Now, if you really want to do do well, just, you know, when the, the officer stops you, just, you know, do your thing of roll up your window or just crack it and say, why are you stopping me? Why? 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 Do that. That's really good. That'll work for you. You'll, you'll, you'll get far. Turn your camera on and face it towards the cop. Sure, that'll help you. <laughs> Anyway. People. Uh, um, Riverang asks, if Yuri joined UFC five years ago, like when Dana first tried to sign him, where do you think he would be at right now? Who was that? Yuri or Yuri, who, the guy who fought this weekend? Oh, Yuri. Oh, Yuri Prochaska. If he had signed when he when Dana first tried to sign him? Yep. Well, to sit there and say that Dana tried to sign him is just not true. Okay. So... There was there's people in the UFC that are uh, matchmakers that look and say, "Well, this is a guy that we'd like to bring in," and uh, would he be as far? Uh, you know, I I do think that his his ability to fight in Japan with Ryzen was a was a very good thing for Yuri. It was good because he fought top level talent. Uh, he fought guys that you know were. Some of them every bit as good as some of the guys he's going to ever see in the UFC. It's just a matter of he didn't have the pressure of the eyeballs on him in the same fashion. He didn't have a lot of the elements that come with fighting in the UFC with media requirements and all of these different things that were there. So it was a good thing for him to get an understanding of who he was as a fighter, what he was successful in doing, how he liked to play fights out. He was He was able to do it in Ryzen against really good talent uh, without having the same pressure on him. So it would, that was a good thing for him. So I think he was better off doing it the way that he did it. Yeah, I think as a fighter in his position, you should never look back. I don't think he does. He shouldn't look back and say, God, I wish I would have done it this way. He's right where he needs to be at the right time. Right. Um, I just want to remind people that he, all of his success and what he's had two fights in UFC, now he's fighting for the title. Michael Chandler, one fight from Bellator. Now he's fighting for the title. Why? Uh, because they're the best in that division. Oh, because there's good fighters from all over the world that we've said from how, yeah. you know, for how long on this podcast. Look, because someone's not in the UFC doesn't mean that they're not one of the top fighters in the world. This should be a reality <laughs> check. I mean, he just oh, yeah. he just knocked out Dominic Reyes, who who fought a very good fight against. Who fought his last two fights were against were for the title. Yeah, we're for the title. And, and against the guy that was the title holder the first time, that guy went five rounds with him. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. John Jones, that was a five-round fight. And in the second one against Jan, what round did he get knocked out in? Second round or third round? Uh, I want to say it was the second when he lost the second. second, yeah. Second round. So second round with both. Yeah, he's got Dominic Ray's got three losses in a row now. Oh, I know. But I'll tell you what, that you, we were talking about rising. The way that he fought in that fight, there was no loss, man. He fought his ass off. He got hit by a freaking spinning elbow from hell that would have knocked anybody out the way it hit him. He was fighting his ass off and then he was losing. But, man, he had no quit in him. He was going for it the whole time. I don't recall Dominic Reyes being that fast. He was fast. Oh, he was fast. I've known Dominic since he was an amateur. Mm -hmm. He was fighting in what was called the U of MMA that was a a show that um, Jay Tan and uh, Yuri Altavia would do in uh, L.A. It was normally held at the the Nokia Center down by Staples. And uh, he had a lot of fights there. Almost all of his uh, amateur fights were there. And, and I, in watching him, you know, I was like, this kid's going to be good. He's fast. Yeah. He's a lot faster than people realize because he was really long and he was good everywhere. And, you know, Joe Stevenson was the guy that was his coach. And Joe was uh, very high on him and telling me, John, stand by. This guy, this guy's good. Yeah. So, Where's he at now? Joe? Joe Daddy? No, no, uh, Dominic Reyes. Well, who's he coaching? Who's with him now? Cage Combat Academy? Where is that? That was Victorville. Interesting. That's not that's not uh, Joe Daddy, is it? No, Joe's was Cobra Kai. Yeah. Anyways, look, uh, I hope he comes back because that fight got me really interested in Dominic Reyes. I wasn't too high on him before. I was like, uh, I thought he beat I thought he beat John Jones personally. I thought he beat him. You know, some people had it the other way. I had it that I had him beating uh, John Jones. But my my whole argument in the very beginning of this was, this is why we talk about. If you guys are listening to our show, this is why we talk about other fighters and other promotions. Is look, I'm not trying to be a fanboy for for our own promotion with Bellator. I understand that I work for them, and I want you guys. I want full disclosure to let you guys know. I let you guys know when certain fighters in our in our own promotion don't live up to their hype. Like, and they, they don't perform well. And I have to let you know, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to make, make sure that, look, sure, I'm going to favor some of my guys in terms of, that's my friend, okay? Like, I say how I am with Anthony Johnson, or I say how I am with guys like Kyle Crutchmere and Romero, and, uh, Romero Cotton. Like, I train with them. I know them. Like, I'm going to do that. You guys saw the way I am with Khabib. I'm going to be that way. Uh, but that's me. But when it comes down to, like, when you guys, when there's good fights to be had and to be watched for you guys, I'm going to tell you, that's a really damn good fight. You know, and this fighter in Yuri, and the same thing goes for Chandler. As much as it pained me to say it, and you guys should all know, I can't stand Michael Chandler. Okay, but the kid's good. The kid's phenomenal. He's a great fighter. He's a good fighter. Uh, I trained for him several times. The fight never happened. But the kid's talented, man. He's very, very talented. talented, and you can't take anything away from him, you know, other than he's a prick, but that's it. Like, he, you, he's yeah, Personal opinions do not count. Okay, well, I'm giving you my Personal opinions <laughs> do not count here. Take it all, baby. Take it all. <laughs> no. Look, I mean, you know, like I said, we've got our own issues, but he's, he's, I've always said that he's a very talented fighter. He's got power. He's got great wrestling. He's almost impossible to submit. He's never been submitted, so that's that's what makes this, this fight with Charles Oliveira very interesting. Um, it's going to be a great fight. I, I, ha- I just want people to understand guys like Yuri are out there. Magomed Magomedov in Bellator. He came out, you know, he's came over now and he's phenomenal as well. There's people that you guys have never heard of 
Magomed Magomedov is the only guy up until this last fight with Al Aljo that had beat Peter Yan before, you know, and vice versa. Magomed that actually uh, beat Peter Yan, you're saying? Yeah, that actually beat him. Yeah, oh, to okay. actually beat Peter Yan, like beat him, like as in hand raised, beat him in terms of like judges. Well, not hand raised. Beat well, him. Judges said. Judges. Said. Okay. Judges. okay. But great fight. But then they both had one and one. They both split one and one. Great, great fights between the two of them. Yep. Anyways, yeah. So. <clears throat> I just want people to understand that these, there's these fighters out there, and this is what we're here to do. We're here to show you guys and tell you guys which fighters to look out for and which matchups you guys may not have been paying attention to or not not as well knowledgeable in the sport to say, hey, these are these. this is going to be a bar burner of a fight. You guys should watch it. Like I said, with the Stotts and Josh Hill fight, damn, that's going to be a good fight. That's a good fight. So, all right, what else? Very good. All right. Um, the original pain eighteen asks a bit off topic, but what does Josh and Big John prefer? A subway sandwich or a burger? Burger. I don't eat fuck. I like everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm kinda like fat bastard. Get in my belly. Nah, I'd say a burger. Yeah, I'm not a subway guy. Gotta have a gotta have the burger. Now, a good a good, well done burger. I don't mean well done as far as cooked a lot. Just hope not. Made right. Bacon, cheese. Holy shit. I'm getting yeah. hungry. Well, see, like, there's there's a couple bomb-ass sandwich places here in the Bay Area. One of them um, is really, really good. Uh, it's called the Freshly Baked Eatery. It's downtown. It's off of uh, 3rd Street, and I want to say St. John's, right across the street from the park. Oh, it's this little hole in the wall. Bomb. They make their bread fresh every morning. So when you walk in, actually, to make your sandwich, they open. They, they as you walk in, they're like, "Hey, we see our fresh bread," and there's still steam coming off of it. Subway I'm makes like, fresh bread. Uh, who does? Subway. When? They make their own bread. No, they make it right there when you walk in. Yeah, so does Subway. You oh, make their bread. They make it. That bread. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Came off of like a. It's looking pretty good right there. I'm just hungry, man. Yeah, freshly baked eatery is bomb. <laughs> It that looks good. Ball. Yeah, there's another one that I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's really good too. They put they do like a pickle and bacon with some cream cheese in the sandwich. Oh man, it's called like surf. I want to say it's called like Surf Shack. Or something you need like to that. just start going. Oh, oh, it's so good. The, the, those two places, but this is my hands down my favorite is the Freshly Baked Eatery right downtown. It's really bomb. And then uh, you know there's some Ike's places and stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I have to have the right sandwich. If I'm gonna, like, I'm not just gonna go. No, I'm not going to Subway. Sorry, there's just no way I'm going to Subway. Like Togo's has a couple good. Togo's good. They're pretty good. They've got their pastrami is bomb. I love their pastrami sandwich. Uh, but the rest of their stuff is, yeah, it's okay. But this freshly baked eatery, there's some. They do a turkey pastrami mix. Oh, it's so good, man. <laughs> so good. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Um, just some guy asks, how do you think Prime Aldo versus Patricio would go? I don't know. I'd love to see it. Would have loved to see it. <laughs> that you know that really comes down. To, if you're saying Prime Aldo against Prime Patricio. That's such a hard thing to say because the, in their worlds, each was so eh, specific as far as what they did. Patricio has learned so much and is so, he's so different now as a fighter than he was when he was younger. And Aldo, man, goddamn, I don't, I don't know who would win that fight. I, I, I will say this: the Aldo that used to throw leg kicks and go to the well often with those might have been the better fighter the aldo that decided that he wasn't going to do that as much for whatever reason probably would have gotten beaten by patricio that's the way i look at it 
Yeah, I, I don't know, John. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because, yeah. because like you said, that the Aldo that fought like uh, guys like Chad Mendez when he spun around and hit him with the knee, like okay. that Aldo, and then the, the leg Aldo, the Aldo that, be, that beat Uriah Faber with yeah, beat his with leg to death. The flying knee against Cub Swanson. That Jose Aldo is a different Jose Aldo than you know, obviously what we're seeing now. But I mean, that Jose Aldo. I still don't know because he left himself out of position a lot. And he also yeah. did. He also, there was times where when he fought people that you could tell he didn't do the work in the gym. Like he did the work technically. He just didn't do the cardio portion of it. When he fought Mark Hominick, Mark Hominick put a pace on him that just, you could tell that he was having a hard time with like Jose Aldo. He slowed down a lot in that fight, even though he did a lot of work and a lot of damage to Mark Hominick, but he slowed down in that fight where Mark Hominick started coming on throughout the end of the end of the fight. Patricio's never been that guy, though. He he was a guy earlier where he'd walk you down and throw big punches. Now he's fighting a lot smarter. Yeah. So if I take the Jose. If I take the Jose Aldo of then, and the Patricio of now, gosh, it would be one of those like just fights of the of the millennium, kind of like it, like it would just be a fight of the decade. It'd be a great fight. It's whoever could implement their game plan. The Aldo that kicks, kicks to the head. Patricio being the shorter fighter. I don't know how much shorter he is though than Jose Aldo. You know, um, but but Patricio with the power and the, he's great at counter striking. You know, right now he's also got the wrestling. He's he's a lot stronger. I mean, I don't know if he's a lot stronger, but I'm saying like his wrestling is his ability to get the takedowns, like we saw against Juan Archuleta. I mean, all those things. It plays for a, just a nasty chess match of a fight. I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. I I'd give a fifty fifty toss. Either way, the fans win. The great one. It would be fans are the big winners. You're right. Nate Diaz injured. Yep. What the hell? Nate Diaz injured out of his fight with Leon Edwards has been moved to UFC 263 in June. At least they're just moving it. Yeah. Too bad. I, I don't know what the injury was, but it obviously can't be that bad if uh, they're just moving it. There's, a, there's rumors that he got jumped. Um, I think that's coming from Twitter. So. He got jumped? Yep. Um, he's Normally he's got 8 zillion people around him. Interesting. Huh. I don't know. Man, it's doctor doing them dirty, huh? <laughs> huh. Interesting. I'm trying to see if he, if he posted on Twitter himself, but that news just came out right now, so. Uh, yeah. Well, nothing nothing posted. If he got jumped, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you uh, dealt the punishment out there, Nate, but uh, to the people who jumped him, you're a bunch of dipshits. And, uh, yep. Heal up, brother. One day they're going to find you. <laughs> One day you're going to cross paths without your Karma's brother. a bitch. Yep. It's going to happen, I'm telling you. And then I know you already you already know Nate's got a big name. Whoever jumped him, they're telling their friends. And then he'll oh, find out. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> Can't keep it to yourself. All right, what else? Um, That wrap, that wraps up there. Um, That news just came out, like I said, just a minute ago. So, hey, um... Uh, but I want to talk to you real quick because I just saw, uh, what's it called? Mowgli, Gabriel, Gabriel uh, Benitez. He, missed he lost his mind. But come on, man. What? You got to make weight, dude. Yeah, well, hold it. Not only did he not make weight, then he tried to put it on his opponent who didn't want to go up to 150, who said, no, you make weight. And then he says, oh, you quit on me. You know, like, dude, 
you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Hmm. You have, again, here it comes down to it. Here's your three things as a fighter. First thing is, you know what? Be on time. Don't make other people wait for your dead ass because they're as hungry, as busy, all those things. Be on time so you're not making other people wait on you. The second thing, make weight. You're the one that signed the contract. You sign a contract that says you're going to fight at 145. Don't come in at 150 and then start blaming other people. And the last thing is fight hard. Go out and do your job. Just fight hard. I'm not telling you to win. I'm not even saying you have to train, but go fight hard. People are paying their hard-earned money to watch you. That's what you get paid for. That's what they deserve. Go fight hard. Well, that was actually free, so they didn't have to pay for it. But <laughs> <laughs> People that are buying tickets, if they're buying tickets, if it's not COVID, they're paying their hard earned. It's frustrating because, you know, like we, I gave him a lot of props on here. I was hoping to see yeah. him have a good fight. And you can't do that, man. It doesn't matter if you're my teammate or not. Or if I have a lot of respect for, for Mowgli, but you got to make weight. That's 100% you got to make weight. And like I, I get on my friends as much, uh, the guys that I've trained with as much as anybody. I mean, it's that's probably why they call me the punk. And like that's the number one thing, like you said. Like you signed the contract, you agreed right. to that weight. You make the weight and then you fight hard. Those are your, those are your, that's what you have to do. You have three responsibilities. Do that. The other thing is, well, I, I, I didn't, I read into what he was saying. He said that the other guy had, had agreed for 150 and then they did the face off and then he said, no, no, no 150 anymore. So I don't know. How, how, how did he agree to 150? They had priced the UFC approached him saying, Hey, he's not gonna be able to make weight. Are you okay with 150? His opponent said, Yes, okay, I'm okay with 150. And then they did the presser or whatever on Wednesday, and then and then they did the face off. And apparently he's after the face off, he's like, No, no, I don't agree to 150. So then <clears throat> I said, But that shouldn't have made a difference. You should have like five pounds, you have a whole day, you should just gotta suck it up if that was on Wednesday. Unless you went out and started eating and drinking, thinking you could make 150, why would you why would you do that? Just you're already there then. So it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense either. But regardless of the situation, brother, got a lot of love for you, Mowgli, but you gotta make weight. No like that's the number one thing. Number one thing. Make your weight and then fight your ass off, which you always do. Oh, he does that. I I give him that. Is there uh, anything else? Nope. Hey, so I have a I do have a question. Can you look up the Zabit news? Someone said he's retiring. Zabit news that he is contemplating retirement. Let's see if find a, a reliable wow. source. Um, do you trust Zabit? Bloody Elbow? Yeah, but do you trust this? I, I don't know. Who are they? Bloody Elbow? Considering retirement after removal. Oh, no. He's not retiring. <laughs> it's all it's all about being removed from rankings and stuff again. So. Yeah, why do you get removed from rankings? Oh, don't ask me. Because that's what promotions can do. Let me ask you one question. Yes. Did you do what I told you to do? Did you go and watch Kai's fight? No, I didn't. Damn it. Oh, can you pull it up? My God. We're fucking here. Let's see if we can pull it up. Can you tell well, me we, more? You can't just okay. watch it. Here. Kai Kamaka. Versus I mean, TJ Brown. What do you mean I can't watch it? That's what we're here. We're, we're here right now. <laughs> Let's see. I'm watching a little bit of the first round. Nice leg kicks. Yeah, you can. 
It's gonna do that zoom thing just yeah, yeah. Uh, drives me crazy. Do you want me to try and find a highlight video instead, or are you good? No, because that's not gonna do you any good. He looks good. He looks good right now. Stalking. He looks really good. He fought very smart, controlled. It was a great fight, and TJ Brown fought his ass off. Great fight by both guys. It All really right, John, was. we're gonna watch this, and then on our Saturday show, you need to remind me. I need to get okay. Him. I need. I, I owe him that much because I got him on him. I got on him. That's right. I owe him. I owe him that much, and it's just the flights and all this other crap. And then I figured it. I got. So you know what I got mad about is like the guy next to me is watching the basketball game on his phone when I paid for the actual internet on the plane and it didn't work. So I was all pissed off. Then I get on. I get on the airline this time, and they're like, "Oh, well, if you log on to our internet, there gives you it gives you the option on our page on our internet page to watch the to watch the TV that we apply for that you applied for." So I could have actually watched it. I log, I got out of, you know, I went into my browser and then I went into my apps. Well, then that doesn't work that way. You have to go through the the airlines. That's the airlines. The airlines Wi-Fi through their TV portion of it to watch their channels. I'm like you son of a bitch. Way to go, John. You're supposed to know this, you technological Man, you know expert. Yeah, I'm not good at math, reading, or technique. Or, or techie stuff. Or techie stuff. <laughs> That's all right. All right, guys. Well, hey, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. I know I get a little long-winded and a little lux- uh, lecturing kind of in these in these situations when it comes to talking about uh, some of the best fighters all around the world that you guys maybe didn't know about. And so I'd like to just let you guys know who they are and which fights to look out for. But also hit the subscribe button on all of our audio platforms. We're on iTunes. 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 It's a I- new iTunes, <laughs> Google Play, Spotify. So that hit our audio platforms as well as you now. Are, if you guys are traveling for the summer or anything like that, or if you guys are stuck in traffic, listen to us that way. Uh, save YouTube for when you guys are at home in a stationary position, and you guys can actually watch us on YouTube safely and soundly. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hit the thumbs up, subscribe button as well, and little bell for YouTube. That'll give you the notifications. Our midweek shows drop at different times, sometimes at 8 o'clock, sometimes at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. We're playing with the times, you know, to help build up that algorithm to see exactly how it works and what works best for us and our show. So I want to thank you guys. And again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash in and use the promo code and still you got to hurry up Cinco de Mayo it's here you guys got to pick one up before it's too late this is a limited edition shirt Big John and I are both wearing it I won't tell you what Dave's wearing he's wearing his Toms and Adidas I don't know what it is <laughs> All right, no he's not no one cares Chucks. they can't see you calm down Wilson okay um but yeah, this is, this is a bomb shirt. I didn't think it was going to turn out this good. I love it. I like it. Uh, great stuff. ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still. Uh, John, what you got, buddy? And still, there's no doubt about it. To everyone out there, it's Wednesday. Have a very good Cinco de Mayo on Thursday. Go have a couple cervezas, maybe a little tequila. Enjoy yourself, and we will see you. <laughs>